0: Mark, the 8th chapter, verses 22 to 25, the New King James Version. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and he put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Hi everyone. Bible before breakfast with Mildred King Steve This story is such an interesting one. For so many reasons. Maybe not the one you're thinking. It's interesting that a blind man was brought to Jesus and they begged him to touch him. And Jesus didn't do the miracle in front of everyone. He took this guy aside, took him all the way out of town and then he spit on his eyes and then he put his hands on him and he asked him if he saw anything. First of all, I don't really think that i would like anyone to spit in my eyes but (laughs) this guy was desperate he needed healing and so the guy allowed jesus to spit on his eyes and he allowed jesus to put his hands on him and he healed him and when he healed his eyes the bible tells us that jesus asked him if he saw anything And the guy said something. He said, I see men like trees walking. Hmm. I see men, but they're like trees walking. And then he said he put his hands on him again, and he made him look up, and he was restored, and he began to see everyone clearly. In other words, he began to see them for who they really were. Proverbs 20 verse 12 tells us that the hearing ear and the seeing eye, it is the Lord that made both of them. I pray this prayer every time. The Lord give me seeing eyes and hearing ears. So that I may see people for who they really are. Now in this season of relationships and love and all whatnot, One of the things we must establish is that. A love relationship or a romantic relationship is not the only relationship that there is. My husband has this amazing teaching on the seven types of relationships that a human being should pay attention to. And I'll just run seven of them quickly so that you can start to see men as men and not as trees. So the first kind of relationship is the relationship with fathers. And I use that word loosely because it also covers mothers. And when I speak of fathers, I speak of those who have gone ahead of us, those who have done great things, those who have pioneered great things, or stood, or people that we stand on their shoulders today. Those great men and women who have paved the way so that it would be easy for us. In that relationship, what do you do? You honor them and you learn from them. Don't waste time criticizing what you should be learning from. Sadly, we live in a generation where everyone is a teacher. Those who have gone ahead of us have made certain mistakes. We can learn from them. They have done great things. We can learn from them. They have great experience. We should respect that. We should honor them and learn from them. The secret of great men are in their stories. We should pay attention to the lives of the fathers. Don't fight them. Learn from them. The second type of relationship you should pay attention to is your family. Now, when I say family, I'm not just speaking of those that form your immediate family, like your brothers, your sisters, your parents. I'm also talking about you starting family right. Choose the right person. When you're starting a family, one of the things you should tell yourself is that you're not just choosing a spouse for yourself, you're choosing a father or a mother for your children. We're speaking legacy. So when it comes to family, pay attention to your loved ones, pay attention to your parents, pay attention to your brothers and sisters. Why go so far when those who are close to you can be a blessing to you and you can be a blessing to them? My husband always says, if you come from a broken home, make sure a broken home doesn't come from you. So pay attention to the person you're choosing to start a family with. Make sure it's the right person. Make sure you have the same kind of values. I know that right now, all the flowers, the gifts, and everything is distracting you, but pay attention. You're building a family. And the family that you have right now, treat them well. You will need them. At the end of the day, family is all you've really got. The third kind of relationship, friends, your peers, those who are around you, those who you walk the journey of life with, your friends. They are positioned to be helpers of your destiny. We talked about holding the corner of someone's mat. But is anyone holding a corner of your mat Is anyone holding up your ladder for you? Is anyone rooting for you? If you have friends, invest in that relationship, even if it's not a romantic relationship. And please don't make the mistake of dating everyone who comes along your path. You need friends. You need people who you can have a good laugh with. People who you can let down your hair with. People who know you and you can be yourself around them. The fourth kind of relationship, foes. What do I say about them? Forget them. <laughs> Every hana needs a Penina. Everyone needs someone who pushes them along by criticism or hatred or bitterness. Don't pay attention to them. Don't let them distract you. If anything, let them propel you into the destiny you should have. I learned many years ago from a great man of God that the way you respond to your enemies is no attack no defense, you just keep moving. Just keep moving. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. If they don't distract you, you will get to your destination. So forget them and just keep moving. The fifth kind of relationship are your fans. There will always be people who love you, but they may not fully understand your calling. There was a time when people said to Jesus, Hosanna in the highest, come and be our king, you are our messiah. And he turned it down. Because even though the people loved him, that was a lower level of his calling. He was called to be the king of kings, not the king of Israel. So you will have people who are your fans. They love you, they celebrate you. But you see, the funny thing about fans is that they can move on at any time. So love them back, but don't be attached. Love them, but be detached. Don't give yourself to them. Love them, but don't let everything they do determine your outcome or dictate how you move or what you say or how you act. Be careful. Fans may be many today, but tomorrow they may just walk away. And it's not always a bad thing. John the Baptist had a lot of fans when he was... In the wilderness, baptizing people and eating honey and locusts, there seemed to be a lot of people who were following him because he had the word. He was like Elijah shouting, prepare the way of the Lord. He was literally a forerunner for Jesus. And so people went into the wilderness. They heard him. He rebuked the Pharisees. He was not afraid. He was fearless. He was brave. And he had the word of God in his mouth. And he had a lot of followers. But then one day, Jesus showed up and after he baptized Jesus, he announced to everyone that this man who has come is greater than I, for I am not worthy to unlace his shoes. And from that day, the multitude followed Jesus instead. Maybe you don't remember, but Andrew first followed John before he followed Jesus. And Andrew was Peter's brother. At some point, people even told John the Baptist that, oh, the people who were following your fans have all suddenly left you and they become Jesus' fans. And he said, I must decrease and he must increase. So don't hold on to your fans too tightly. They have a right to follow anyone they want to follow at any time. Enjoy the time that you have them. Enjoy them celebrating you and love them right back. But do not let what they say determine what you do because they may love you, but they do not fully understand your calling. The sixth kind of relationship are your fellows, your contemporaries, people that are doing the same thing that you're doing. Make sure that you keep abreast of what they know. Ask them questions. Stay in touch. Don't be a lone ranger. Don't go the journey alone. You have the same assignment. I mean, it's like being in school. If you have classmates, your fellows are like your classmates. They are contemporaries. You're given the same assignment. Sometimes they know what you don't know. Sometimes they know extra reading. Sometimes they know what conferences to attend. They know what books to read. Make sure you stay in touch. Don't be a lone ranger. Ask questions. Always stay in touch with your contemporaries. They may not even be your friends. Don't mistake the two. They may not be your friends. You may not even be able to let down your hair. In fact, some of them will constantly feel you're in competition with them. But you're not. You recognize that even if they don't. Make sure you stay in touch and have a cordial relationship with them. And finally, followers. These are your mentees. These are the people that you should be pouring into. Make sure you always have people in your life that you're pouring into. If you're a Paul, who is your Timothy? If you're an Esther, make sure that you have a Mordecai who has poured into you. Are you a follower or is someone following you? This relationship is crucial because this is how you live even after you died. These are the people who amplify your voice. They're your followers. They're the real people who buy into you. They buy into your vision. They buy into your dreams. Make sure you're mentoring someone. Don't use them. Bless them. Don't turn them into slaves. Teach them. If someone comes to serve you, then lead them. This guy said, I see men... But as trees, he really could not recognize who these men were. Jesus touched him a second time. My challenge to you this morning is to take time to pray and ask Jesus to touch your eyes so that once again, you begin to see as clearly as you should. You begin to see men as men and not as trees. And make sure that this morning, You take the time to read your Bible. And look at the different relationships that are established in the Bible. There's always a Samuel. There's a Jonathan. There's a Timothy. There's a Paul. There's always a relationship that if you read your Bible, you can identify it in your own life. So this morning, my challenge is, read your Bible and ask God to show you in the place of prayer the other relationships that are valuable in your life. And make sure you do it before breakfast. Good morning. It's such a wonderful way to start your day. Bible Before Breakfast with Mildred Kingsley Okonkwo.